Revelation chapter 3, and we're going to start reading from verse number 8. Say the narrow path. The narrow yeah, path. say it like you're alive. <laughs> say it one more time, the narrow path. Good. Not narrow, narrow. Ah, uh, <laughs> no, narrow, 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 the narrow path. <laughs> the narrow path. Amen. There is a path that God has mapped out for you and I. And this is the narrow path, and I want to talk about it today. Revelation chapter 3. And we're going to start reading from verse number 8. If you found it, say amen. amen. I know your works. I know your works. I know your works. So there is nothing hidden before God. Everything that is done. Everything that man does. Everything that's done even in secret. Are all exposed before God. Nothing is hidden before God. The Bible says God is all wise God. In other words, there is nothing that God does not know. All the plots and all the schemes, even by the globalists, are all exposed. There is nothing that they plan in secret that God does not know. People think they can get together and plot against the church. God knows even before you start planning. There is nothing that is hidden before God. In actual fact, the Bible says there is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. And I know that on the last day, everything will come to light. But I also believe that right now as we speak, there is nothing that is planned and that is plot in the, in the secret that God does not know. God is aware of the works and the plans of man. And that's the God you and I serve. Nothing is hidden before God. So the wicked should not think to themselves that they can do what they want to do and go scot-free. Because they are not going to go scot-free. And everything is exposed. That's why the Bible tells us in the book of Psalms that God sits in the heavens and he laughs. Because the people are planning and they are plotting. And the Bible calls their plan and their plots vain. That one says vain. Why do the heathen rage and the people plan a vain thing? In other words, there is nothing that they do in secret that will not be exposed before God. And if it is exposed before God, I'm here to tell you that they've got to answer to God for the wickedness that they perpetrate. They'll answer to God because God sees everything. And now on the flip side, I want to say to you, the church, everything you're doing to the glory of God, none has gone unnoticed. There is nothing you've given. There is nothing you've done to promote the kingdom of God that has gone unnoticed. God will reward you for the good things you've done. The Bible says God will not forget your labor of love that you show to the saints. Come on now, say amen. Everything that you do to please God, everything that you do to promote the kingdom of God, everything that you do, even those things you do in privacy, nobody sees, nobody knows, nobody pats you on the back, nobody encourages you, but you keep doing what you're doing because the Bible says, let him that is righteous be righteous still. 
God saw and God will bless. Oh my goodness, I said God saw and God will bless. And everything you keep doing to the glory of God, God sees. Men may not see, your friends may not see, your pastor may not see, but there is nothing hidden before God. Everything you do to please God, everything you do to promote the ideals of the kingdom of God will be blessed. God sees your good works. Come on, I said God sees your good works. I said God sees your good works. He says, I know your works. I know your works. I know the things you do. I know the things you do to promote my plan. I know the things you do to preach the gospel. I know the things you do to promote the church. I know the things you do to help your brothers and your sisters. I know the things you do. I know the times that you prayed through the night so that you will see the hand of God move in the house of God and even in the nations. And I know these things are not hidden before me. They shall be rewarded. So everything that you're doing, I'm telling you right now, Keep doing the right thing because God will reward you. God will not owe any man. There's nothing you do for God that will not be rewarded. Can someone shout amen? Amen. I mean, this is encouraging to know that Jesus Christ knows the things that we do. He says here, I know your works. I know your works. So nothing is hidden. Tell three people there is nothing hidden before God. Hallelujah. I said tell three people you told one person. Nothing is hidden before God. Everything is exposed. My good works are exposed. The Bible says don't be tired in doing good. Because you shall reap your harvest. If you do not give up. Do not throw in the towel. Do not give up. Your harvest is on your, on, on your way. I say your harvest is on the way. Your harvest, I'm telling you right now, some of you don't even know, your harvest is right upon you. Come on now, say amen. It's not, a, it's not time to give up. It's not time to cave in. It's not time to throw in the towel and think to yourself, well, I've been doing these things for all these years. There is no benefit. I'm telling you, that's a lie from the pit of hell. There is benefit in serving the Lord. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. The Bible says, I have not called Jacob to seek me in vain. God has not called you to seek him in vain. You come to God, you're pressing to God. God will press him back to you. You do things to bring God glory. God will also glorify you. God will beautify your life. Am I speaking to anyone here this morning? I said, you do things to glorify God. God will glorify you. You do things to beautify the house of God. God will beautify your own life. There is nothing you do that has gone unnoticed. God will not sweep your good works under the carpet. God will make sure that the reward that you deserve for the good things that you've done to the glory of God will come upon your life. And I want to also say this to you. It does not just come upon you. The Bible says a good man will leave an inheritance unto his children's children come on now say amen Amen. which means the good things that you do to the glory of God will not just attract the reward into your life it will also attract the reward into the lives of your children and into the lives of your children's children there are things that you're doing to the glory of God today that generations unborn will enjoy because the Bible tells us that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children That is three generations right there. His children's children. It's not just leaving an inheritance to his children, but to his grandchildren also. Come on, say amen. Amen. So you are blessed. Your children are blessed. Your grandchildren are blessed. 
Oh my goodness, that is a thread of the blessing of God flowing in your family. People talk about generational curse. I'm here to announce to you that God's blessing is upon your life because the blessing of God is upon your life. You are not attached to any generational curse. Rather, you are attached to generational blessings. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't let people come tell you generational curse because you are a part of the blessing of God and because you are connected to God, there is the blessing of God upon your life. The Bible says the blessing of God will make you truly rich and He will add no sorrow with it. It is not possible for you to be blessed and cursed at the same time. Tell your neighbor, I am blessed. I am not cursed. I'm telling you, you've got to keep confessing this. A lot of Africans must confess this because we come from a place where many hold on to this old thing about generational cursing. But I'm here to tell you that generational blessing is much greater than generational cursing. Oh my goodness. I don't know what your father did. I don't know what your grandfather did. I don't know what your great-grandfather did. Maybe they did something terrible. But I'm here to tell you, I have disconnected from all of that. I have connected to the blessing that comes in the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us. For the Bible says, cursed is anyone that hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith and that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. Oh my goodness. If he gave me his son, what is it he's going to withhold from me? The Bible says, he that did not spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely? Someone say freely. Freely give us all things. He gave you his son. He gave you his blood. He gave you the best. There is nothing else that he withholds from you. Oh my goodness. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. He gave you the best. He gave you the best. Jesus Christ is the greatest gift. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if he has given me Jesus, there is nothing else that he holds back from me. Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah. And there is no way God gave me Jesus and gave me a curse. When Jesus came, Jesus knocked the curse out of my life. Oh my goodness. When Jesus showed up in my life, light came. And when light came, darkness must have to leave. When Jesus came into my life, blessing came. And when blessing came, curse must have to leave. It is not possible for light and darkness to dwell in one life. It is not possible for cursing and blessing to dwell in one life. You've got to come to the place where you say, I am blessed. I am not cursed. The light of God is in me. The Bible says you are the light of the world. It does not say you are the darkness of the world. So if I'm the light of the world and I'm, I'm, I've got to shine, then it means there is light that is shining on the inside of me. If I am darkness, it means I cannot shine. But if God says you are the light of the world, that means I've got the light of God in me. And this light is liberating. This light has set me free. I cannot be in light and in darkness at the same time. I cannot be in blessing and in curse 
cursing at the same time. I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm here to tell you that you are blessed. I'm here to tell you the light of God is in you because when Jesus Christ came into your life, he brought freedom. He brought freedom. He brought deliverance. He brought liberty. And whom the Son of God sets free. Not maybe, probably. No, he is free, certainly. I don't know who God has set free in this place. Uh huh. Absolutely. If he sets you free, you are free. Indeed. But so God will. My pastor said I have a curse on my life. No, you don't. You have the blessing on your life. You have been clothed with the grace of God. You've been clothed with the blessing upon your life. And everywhere you go, you carry the blessing of God upon your life. And because you carry the blessing of God in your life, everything you touch is blessed. Oh my goodness, the Bible says in the book of Psalm number 1, that you are like a tree. You are like a tree that's planted by the river. You are planted by the river. And if you're planted by the river, it means you're going to flourish all the time. That's basically what it means. Because if you see the tree planted by the river, it's always going to draw nutrients from the river. The tree will never go dry. It does not matter what's happening around. Because the tree is planted by the river, the tree will send its roots down into the river and draw from the river. In other words, the tree will always be flourished. You are going to be flourishing all the time. Don't sleep on me and I'm preaching good. You're going to flourish and I'm prophesying to you and I'm declaring the word of God to you. You will flourish every single day. Come on now, say amen. Amen. Oh, Pastor God, you don't know what's happening globally. I know what's happening globally. What's happening globally is not for you. I've chosen not to participate. You've got to say, I will not participate in the evil that is happening in the nations of the world. Why? Because I'm a participant in what is happening in the kingdom of God. So I choose not to play on both teams. I've chosen to play in one team. And the captain of my team is Jesus Christ. Come on now, somebody give him praise and glory. I said the captain. Come on, give him praise, give him glory. The captain of my team is Jesus Christ. And I'm, I'm playing on the same team with Jesus. And if I'm on the same team with Jesus, that means everything that Jesus enjoys, I enjoy. He enjoys dominion, I enjoy dominion. He enjoys prosperity. I enjoy prosperity. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everything that Jesus has is giving to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This will help even change the way people pray. Come on now, say amen. Amen. You are a part of the kingdom of God. And if you're a part of the kingdom of God, that means you enjoy everything the kingdom of God has got to offer. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know your works. Jesus knows your works. And I want to encourage you this morning. Keep doing good works. God will not forget your good works. Some of you have been doing good works. And the enemy has come to lie to you. To tell you that it's a waste of time. I'm here to tell you it is not a waste of time. The devil is a stinking liar. You know why he lies? Because he wants to get you out of the blessing. 
Because he knows that if he's able to talk you out of the blessing, you will not enjoy the benefit that comes because of the good things you've done. But I'm here to tell you, the enemy will not be able to talk you out of the blessing. That is why you're listening to this message today. I'm telling you, you're going to look the devil in the face and you're going to tell the devil, I have sown so many seeds and my harvest will definitely come. Oh, Pastor Godwell, all hell is breaking loose against me. Oh, Pastor Godwell, all hell is breaking loose against my family. All hell is breaking loose against my business. I'm here to tell you, you've got to look the devil in the eyes. You've got to tell him, Mr. Devil, this is not your place. This has been given to me. Just like what Adam should have done when the devil came into the garden. Adam would have looked the devil in the face and said to the devil, You've got no business in my garden. You get out of this place. This is my territory. This is the place of my blessing. That's what you've got to say to the devil so that the devil does not rob you of what God wants to do in and through your life. I'm here to tell you that so much is about to happen in your life. I'm going to tell you this is going to be the best week you've ever known. Uh, This is going to be the best month you've ever known. My God. I'm telling you, you're going to see the goodness of God even as we begin to get into the next quarter in this year, 2022. You're going to see the goodness of God. When it is all said and done in the month of December, as we gather together to celebrate God for the good things that He's done in 2022, everyone here will have a new song in his mouth. Oh my goodness. Everyone will have a testimony. There's going to be a testimony. Of the goodness of God, on the favor of God, and the blessing of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever it is that's plaguing your life today, I'm telling you right now, in the name that's above every other name, it will hold no water in your life. It will never see the light of day anymore. The hand of God is upon you. The grace of God is upon you. The favor of God is working on your behalf. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. God is, the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life and you shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If you believe it, if you receive it, then put those hands together and give Jesus all the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know your works. I know your works. I know your works. Look at verse number 9. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. These guys say we are Jews, but God says, no, you are not. In other words, what we're going to see in these last days is the fake in the church will be exposed. I'm telling you right now, the fake will be exposed. You cannot, listen, you cannot put fake and original in one place. Fake will be exposed. Fake will be exposed. Fake ministers starting fake churches. People that were not called. Some were called, some were sent, others bought themselves microphones and went. (laughs) 
I'm telling you right now, there are, there are ministries that were started by offended and disgruntled people. All of these things will be exposed in these last days. Listen to what Jesus said. They say we are Jews, but they are not. They say they are ministers, but they are not. They say God told them, but God didn't tell them. And God who sees the works of every man exposes every man. Are you listening to me? People get offended and go start their own church. You don't start a church out of offense. I know I'm touching on offense again. Sometimes people might think I'm talking too much on offense. But I preached a message a few years ago entitled, The Greatest Sin to Deal With. Or the most difficult sin to deal with as a child of God. I want to tell you, I cannot overemphasize offense. It is the most difficult sin to deal with. Show me a church, globally speaking. Show me a church where you don't have someone that's disgruntled. And I show you a church that's in heaven already. You won't find one church. Not on this earth. Everyone is happy with the leadership. Impossible. Even if Jesus is the pastor. I kid you not. Even if Jesus is the pastor, there are people that will not be happy with Jesus. There are people that will not be happy with his style of leadership. There are people that wouldn't like the way he dresses. There are people that will have expectations. If Jesus would only give me this or promote me or give me a title, I'll be happy. I mean, think about Jesus in his perfect ministry. I want to say perfect. How many of you believe Jesus was perfect? What the Bible tells us that he lived on earth for 33 and a half years and he was tempted in all areas. Everyone say all areas. There was no area Jesus was not tempted at. He was tempted in every area but did not sin. So there was nothing that Jesus did not have to deal with. Forget technology. Even in their day and time, there was no Facebook, Instagram, and all of that. But some people today, they get upset, they get uh, offended because people did not like their post on Instagram. Oh my goodness. People get offended because they show up in church and you do not shake hands with them. Sometimes even the man of God is not giving any kind of grace. Oh, pastor, you did not announce my own. Well, the pastor forgot. You're getting quiet now in this, in this Pentecostal church on this Sunday morning. Yeah, the pastor forgot. You forget too. Come on now. I'm preaching good. Say amen. amen. I found out some time ago, someone, someone was saying, oh, he did not talk about our own. If I didn't talk about your own, maybe I forgot to talk about your own. I'm human too. Come on, I'm preaching good. Say amen. Amen. If Jesus offended people, and sometimes he did it on purpose. You say, what? Jesus offended people on purpose? Yes, he called the woman, the Syrophoenician woman, the Greek woman. Jesus called the woman a dog. All my years as a pastor, I've never called anybody a dog. <laughs> never. 
Never, never have I called, I've never called anybody a dog. Never. But Jesus did. And some people say, Jesus, I want to be like you. Are you sure you want to be like Jesus? If you want to be like Jesus, then I need you to go read the Gospels with new, new pair of spectacles. And you will see that Jesus, Jesus was tradition breaker. Jesus on purpose, I believe he did some of this. He did this stuff on purpose. Sabbath day, he begins to heal people. Oh, come on, what's going on here? People should not work on Sabbath day. Sabbath day is a day of rest. So why, why are you coming to be healed by Jesus? Jesus was tradition breaker. He would break tradition purposely. To, to, because, you know, there's something that God does with people. He offends, listen to what I'm about to tell you. He offends your mind to expose your heart. Amen. Don't you ever forget that. He will offend your mind to reveal the true nature of your heart. And here is the thing. I believe God knows the heart of every man. But not every man knows their heart. That is why David said, Lord, show me me. Lord, do what? Show myself to me. Because truly, who knows their heart? Sometimes you think you're fine until God begins to put his finger on that area. Oh yeah. If God begins to push that button, God be, not the devil, God. God begins to push, God begins to push, God begins to push that, that thing. That thing in your life. You think I have the, oh, I've, I've got the victory over it. No, God says, look. He pushes it and then you begin to manifest. You know, one of the ways that God pushes our buttons? By using people. Sometimes people are sent into your life just to irritate, irritate you. Absolutely correct. You say, but who? I don't, I, don't wanna, I don't like this guy. There was this guy, I didn't like him. I said, Pastor, is it right for you not to like somebody? It's okay, I can, I can, you know, I can choose not to like people, but I must love. There's a difference between liking someone and loving people. Right? So I didn't like this guy. I just didn't like him. He was not in the church though. One of the Nigerian guys in the community. I didn't like the guy. Every time he came around me, I just felt sick in my stomach. I did not like the guy. But I had to love him. Till today, I'm still in touch with him. Still in touch with him. Are you listening to me? God will let some people come into your life just to irritate you. Because he wants to show you your heart. So here comes the Syrophoenician woman. Master, Rabbi, help me. My, my daughter is tormented by a demonic spirit. Help me. What did Jesus say to her? The children must eat first. Before dogs eat. Oh yeah. That's what Jesus said. That is Pastor Gordy Lobelis translation. Um, <laughs> the, but that's what he said. I, I know it seems as I paraphrased. But that's exactly what he said. Let the children eat first. Because it is not right for me to cast 
that which belongs to the children to dogs. So Jesus called the woman a dog. Now, don't forget, they lived in a, um, in a, in a, uh, in, in a society where people were, you know, you have to be careful the way you speak to women, especially. I mean, even think about today. There's, there, you don't want to speak to women in a disrespectful manner. Is that correct? Some things you say to men, you don't want to say to women. Especially now with all the fam. Okay, okay, let's not let's not go there. Let's not go there. No, you don't want to talk to you don't want to talk to women the way you talk to men sometimes, right? They say ladies first. Ladies first. I want to say ladies first. But Jesus called the woman a dog publicly. And guess what the woman said? Yes. Dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. So the woman accepted what Jesus said. What if she had said, Oh my goodness. <laughs> what kind of a man of God is this? This one? Wait, wait, wait. Are you... Are you sure this one? This one is, this one is the son of God. This one that does not, this one that is insensitive is the son of God. He just called me a dog, me a woman, a dog. Are you serious? Can this be the? This is not the savior of the world. Guess what? The woman would have had a bad attitude and she would have lost her miracle. But what did she do? No, her response was that of humility. Her response was that of faith. And Jesus said, Oh woman, because of your response, your daughter has the miracle already. Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah. So what I'm trying to show you is there is no church and there is... Listen, Moses was a great leader. In actual fact, God said, testifying of Moses, God said... There is no man as meek as Moses in the whole earth. Meekness is humility. No man as humble as Moses. And God also testified of Moses that Moses is a prophet that I speak to face to face as a man speaks with his friend. He said, if there was a prophet in Israel, I would speak to them through visions and dreams. But not so with Moses, my servant, a man that I speak to face to face as a man speaks with his friend. So this man was a great man. This man was a humble man. Come on now, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. This man had been prepared in, in the wilderness of Sinai for 40 years. And in Exodus chapter 3, the Bible says Moses looked up when he was in the backside of the desert and he saw this bush that was burning and he said, let me turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is burning yet not consumed? And when he got close to the bush, the Bible said God spoke to him out of the bush and the Lord said unto him, take off your shoes because the place upon which you stand is holy ground. 
And God spoke to Moses. And God sent Moses to bring Israel out of bondage in Egypt. And Moses goes into Egypt and he confronts Pharaoh. And by a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm, God brought Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage that they had been in for 430 years. Now, Moses is the pastor of about 1.5 to 2 million people. What a lot of responsibility. And God had said to them, you're going to take them to the promised land. I want to say the promised land. But Moses could not get in. You know why? Because they bothered him so much. They made him miss the promised land. Fact. Fact. So show me a church where you don't have people that are disgruntled. I'll show you a church that's already in heaven. If we are still on the earth. That's why things like this shouldn't phase us. Shouldn't bother us. Shouldn't bother us because it's flesh. The flesh is never satisfied. Are you listening to me? The flesh is never satisfied. But I'm here to say to you that we have to rise up to the place where we walk in the spirit. The Bible says walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Come on somebody say amen. Amen. Is this helping anybody here this morning? Praise the Lord. Now, as your pastor... I'm not expecting you to be perfect. Let me tell you this. It's not attainable. It's not attainable. You understand what I mean by that? You will not do every little thing perfectly. It's impossible. That's not attainable. I'm not expecting you to be perfect. I'm expecting you to be righteous. Righteousness has been given to you. So it is possible that you may not be perfect all the time, but you can be righteous all the time. In my number of years as a leader in the church, I can tell you what will help you stay in the narrow path. So that you don't fall into deception and error. Everyone said deception and error. Say the narrow path. Say it like you mean the narrow path. And then say deception and error. See, if you will walk in the narrow path until the rapture takes place, you must detect error and deception. You didn't hear what I said? You've got to learn to detect deception and error. Because it is deception and error that gets people out of the path of righteousness. So I'll give you a couple of things, six of them, that will help you stay in the narrow path until the rapture takes place. Because you know, you've heard me preach this many times, that the next big event on God's prophetic timeline is the rapture of the church. Can someone shout amen? Amen. Number one, pure motives. Your motives must be pure. 
You want to stay in the narrow path, your motives have got to be pure. Your acts will not be perfect all the time, but as long as your motive is pure, it's okay. I want to say pure motives. Number two, take no offense. Take no what? Take no offense. They say offense is the bait of Satan. Take no offense. And I want to say this to you, my friends. Like I said earlier, this is, this is the hardest thing to deal with. For most people, it's the hardest thing to deal with. But you've got to take no offense. This is a devil that you've got to fight all the days of your Christian life. Believe me when I tell you, you're going to fight the devil of offense all the days of your life. Because things will happen. Tell your neighbor things will happen. happen. You can't be around people and things not happen. Things will happen, but you take no offense. Take no offense. Many years ago, I was preaching in a church in London. And the pastor told me to preach on forgiveness. And as I was getting ready, you know, preparing myself in my spirit. And, you know, the Lord impressed it on my heart not to talk on Not to speak on forgiveness, but to speak on offense. The Lord said to me that a lot of times people deal with the branches instead of dealing with the roots. There is no need to talk about forgiveness if offense have not been taken. Are you listening to me? You and I will not be talking about forgiveness if offense has not occurred. So the Lord said to me, Go to the root and deal with the root. The root is not forgiveness. The root is offense. I don't know about you. But this is something I also have to fight. You've got to fight. This is a demonic spirit. This is a demonic spirit. It's a demonic spirit. Offense in marriage. Offense in friendships. Offense in church. Are you listening to me? Take, tell your neighbor, take no offense. Don't take it. Don't take it. Don't touch that. Leave it. Get rid of it. Kick it out of your life. Kick it out of your home. Kick it out of your relationships. Take no offense. Don't take it. Don't take it. That's what the Bible says. Do not, listen. He said, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give a foothold to who? To the devil. You want to give the devil access into your life and into your business, into your finance, into your family, into your ministry? Then give a foothold to the devil. Carry that thing on you. Hold on to it. Don't let it go. And the enemy will take advantage of you. He'll take advantage of you. And people get to the point where they say, no, no, I'm not ready to deal with this. Don't you ever say, I'm not ready. You're always ready to deal with it. You've got to deal with it quickly before it deals with you. Can someone shout amen? Amen. See, let's be honest. Listen. When you get close to people, they'll irritate you. 
fact. Just, just, just accommodate somebody in your house for, for two weeks. Fact. This is a fact. Just two weeks. One week is more than enough even. <laughs> you, will, you, will, you will notice that there are things about them that irritates you. And don't forget, there are things about you that irritates them too. So don't sit there and think, oh, you are the angel with halos on your head with wings. You, 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 you are Mr. Perfect. But that's what the Bible says, love covereth a multitude of offense. Love is what covers all of that. Love is what covers all of that. So you, you, you go deep in the love of God because the love of God has been planted in your spirit the day you gave your life to the Lord. The Bible says that he has shed abroad his love in our hearts by the Holy Ghost that he gave unto us. Can someone shout amen? amen. Number three, stay humble. Tell your neighbor, stay humble. God can only give grace to the humble. Some people think they know everything, full of themselves, pride. Don't have an exaggerated opinion of yourself. In actual fact, the Bible says, the Bible says to put others above you. Are you listening to me? The Bible says to prefer others. To treat others well. Don't have an exaggerated opinion. Don't think you know it all. Don't think so. I'm not saying you should also think you're dumb, but, but listen, don't have an exaggerated, this exaggerated opinion. Some people are legends in their own minds. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on, say amen. Stay humble. When you are in a conversation, let others speak. Okay, somebody will stay humble. Number four, stay teachable teachable stay teachable you don't know everything praise God stay teachable our guys will tell you when they're up here to preach I'm, re I'm receiving from them don't think you are mr. know-it-all nobody can teach you number five oh this one this one stay correctable now there's a difference between being teachable and being correctable some people are teachable but not correctable being correctable is a big sign of humility. And you will be corrected. God will correct you. Is that correct? Yes. By the Holy Spirit. By His Word. Your friends will correct you. Are you listening to me? Yes. Stay corrected. People come to my office sometimes. Uh, Pastor, um, there's something. And... I, I'm correctable. So what's the big deal? Oh, you are Mr. Pastor. You don't get any kind of correction because you know it all. 
And I'm not talking about people coming to my office and saying, you, you, you. No. If I see humility, I'll receive your correction. Are you listening to me? Because I also don't want to come to you and say, I don't want to do that to you. So if there's anything I want to point out in your life, I come to you and I say, hey, hey, bro, hey, sis, that, that, we talk about it. And, and be, be correctable. That's not the time to get upset. Who does she think she is coming to talk to me? Who does, who does he think he is? Oh, because I come to the church now, they think everyone can talk to me. That's bright speaking. Now you're, you're being full of yourself. Stay correctable. Tell your neighbor, stay correctable. And when you are receiving correction, put a smile on your face. I know it's hard. Because when people are getting corrected, oh my God, they wear a long face and they look like they're sucking on lemon. I understand. You, you do not like it, but receive it. Receive. Tell your neighbor, receive it. Receive the correction. Because many, many, listen, many will stop correcting you if you don't receive it. And what they have will help you. But because of your attitude, they will stop. Stay correctable. Can someone say amen? Amen. The last but not the least, you want to stay in the path, in the narrow path, you've got to know God for yourself. Know God for yourself. Know God. You, you've got to have an intimate, personal relationship with God. You heard what Pastor Corey just shared with us, so that when you start hearing all kinds of things from different people, you are not, you are not bothered. The reason why a lot of people are bothered when somebody, a great man of God or a great woman of God, maybe they fall into sin or they, they fall into doctrinal error or they fall into moral failure. The reason why men in the church fall out of relationship with God is because they do not know God and the word of God for themselves personally. I've made the decision. I've made a decision. This is my decision. I'm telling you right now. No matter who serves or don't serve God, I will serve God. I have a personal relationship with God that is not based on what anyone does or doesn't do. The day he saved me, none of you were there. And I'm not going to lose my relationship with God and miss my, my place in heaven because of someone's mistake or someone's behavior. Nobody died for you. Jesus did. No one paid the price. Jesus did. Oh, Pastor God, well, because of what they did, that's why I'm going to stop coming to church. Are you serious? You know how many people I've rebuked? I'm going to stop coming to church because of that. Be Shut up! Are you serious? You're going to stop serving God because of what a brother did to you? Because of what a sister said to you? You're going to stop coming to church? Oh, but pastor, I can worship God in my house. No, you cannot. That's the, you heard Pastor Corey's definition of deception? When people are deceived. In actual fact, the worst kind of deception is when you deceive yourself. Yes. 
People start coming up with this nonsense. I don't know where they got it from. Pastor, church is in the heart. Which heart? The one that is already defiled. Church cannot be in that heart. That heart that has refused to forgive. Church is there. That heart is, is messed up. That heart needs a surgery. Church is in the heart. Pastor, we can worship at home. No, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, do not neglect the garden together of yourselves. Especially as you see the day of the Lord approaching. It says that is the way the nature of some people is. Uh, the, the nature of some people is like that. They, they, they neglect the gathering together and they come up with all this excuse that I can worship at home. Church is in my heart. I don't have to go to church. I can watch on the internet. And then the day they are in trouble, they want to call a pastor. Call your internet pastor. Call, call, your, call your TV pastor. Your TV pastor is not reachable. Deception. Don't deceive yourself. Stay humble. Stay teachable. Stay correctable. Know God for yourself. We live in a very, I'm telling you right now, you can go read the book of, uh, I believe it's 1 Timothy. I believe it's chapter 3. And then you can read 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. The Bible talks about the great, the, the great apostasy. Apostasia, which is really the word in the Greek. It's the, it's the falling away. Can we see that? Let, let, let me just go ahead and do that. Is this helping anybody today? Yes. It's in 2 Timothy. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Praise the Lord. I told you it's raining outside, so it's okay. You can stay here a little bit longer. Why are you in a hurry anyways? 2 Timothy chapter 4. Have you found it? In actual fact, let's go to chapter 3. You see something. It's amazing. Chapter 3, read chapter 3, read chapter 4. It's a long read. You can do that in your own spare time at home. But listen. Chapter 3, verse 1, he says, But notice that in the last days, I was the last days. Are we in the last days? Yes. Absolutely. In the last days, perilous times will come. The word perilous means hard times or dangerous times. And we live in the last days. For men, verse 2, will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforg unforgiving. This is a big thing that you, people deal with now. Unforgiving. No, I will not forgive. They are going to be slanderers. They're going to be without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, traitors, traitors. You know who a traitor is? A traitor, who's, is tra a traitor is one who sells you out. Traitors. Headstrong, stubborn. Lovers of pleasure rather than, rather than lovers of God. Watch this. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Turn away from such people. The fact that it's hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't mean they are believers. Turn away from people like that. Watch yourself. Tell your neighbor, watch yourself. Watch yourself. 
I'm telling you right now, watch yourself. Watch yourself. Do, do, not, do not allow people determine your walk with God. Each of you must have a strong relationship with God. Now go to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, we're going to read from verse number 1. Now the Spirit, who is speaking here? The Spirit. The Spirit expressly says that in the latter times or in the last days, that's what we just talked about in the previous chapter we read, that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Some will depart from where? The faith. The faith. Watch this. Some, not all, some will depart from the faith. Now, you have to be in the faith to depart from it fact. You have to be in Istanbul to depart from Istanbul. Some will depart from the faith. The faith. That's what it says. It does not say some will stop using faith. It said they will depart from the faith. The faith is that which has been handed down to you and I. We, we have the faith. Christianity is the faith. Our relationship with Jesus is the faith. Some will depart from the faith. They will depart. Are you listening? Some will depart from the faith. Now, why will some depart from the faith? Now, let me say this again. You depart from Istanbul because you are in Istanbul. Is that correct? Like our, our friends from Switzerland, right? You guys are in Istanbul right now. Where did you fly from? From where? Pardon? From Zurich. You flew into Istanbul from Zurich. So they were in Zurich. They departed from Zurich. Now they're in Istanbul. Are you guys in Zurich right now? Obviously not. Why, they are, not in why, why are they not in Zurich? They departed from Zurich. And they're now in Istanbul. Now they are leaving on Wednesday... They're going to depart from Istanbul. Are you guys going back to Zurich? Yeah, they'll leave Istanbul and return back to Zurich. So you can't be in Zurich and Istanbul at the same time. So when the Bible says some will depart from the faith, it simply means they were once in the faith and they're going to depart from it. If you don't know God for yourself, a lot of things will cause people to depart from the faith in these last days. That pastor said this. That man of God fell. That, that, I don't wish that. I don't, it bleeds my heart, really, when I hear of a man of God falling into moral sin, moral failure. They're turning away from what they have preached for many, many years. And then there is all this commotion that's taking place. And many are, now, many are confused. Many are confused. I do not say, I won't say anything in a judgmental fashion. But if you've preached a thing for 25 years, for 30 years, and then you suddenly say everything you have preached for 25, 30 years is not of God anymore. Then the question is, what of the other stuff you've preached? You put a question in the minds of people. This is true. And I'm not shooting anybody. I'm just saying to help you, you cannot determine your relationship with God through another man. You've got to find God for you. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
You've got to find God for yourself. Praise God, the fivefold ministry is going to help us. Amen. We get help from the fivefold ministry. But listen, we have to pursue God. And we've got to come to the place where we are resolute that this is what we want. This is it. This is it. Praise God. I know whom I believed. I know whom I believed. My relationship. Listen, when you get born again, it's real. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And don't let anyone cause you to lose your faith in God and start acting. Yeah, oh well, if they do it, I'm going to do it too. No, you shouldn't do it because they did it. I look up to that man. And so because I look up to that man, I look at what they've done. No, don't, don't even do that. Looking unto Jesus. Amen. I said looking unto Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the author. Jesus is the finisher of your faith. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. No man is, no woman is. Jesus is. Can someone give Jesus all the praise and glory? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I know you can do better than that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.